Ladies and gents, In the Huddle is back. Week 15 wraps up tonight, Monday, and we are ready to go. We are ready to roll. I'm Kenny C. Alongside me, per usual, is the real Leo. Cam Jones, a.k.a. Coach Mello, and Zach Crow. How we doing, guys? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. We just wrapped up an uh, interview with Late Lewis Jr. that we'll be dropping um, later on in the week. And you know what, man? I'm just ready to keep this show rolling and talk these sports with y'all fellas tonight. Man, just want to say happy Monday to you all. Guys, we're already in week 15. You know, in a few more weeks, we're going to be in the playoff. Just want to say, man, let's talk football tonight, gentlemen. Let's get it. Yeah, boys, it's my favorite time of the week. Once again, another Monday in the huddle talking football with you guys. I'm really looking forward to it. Let's talk. And now it may not have been Cam and Zach's favorite time at 4.05, <laughs> the 4.05 game this past Sunday with the New York Jets 1-13. and You heard it right. That's a one. Defeated the Rams 23-20 to and are no longer front runners for the number one overall pick. Did the Jets make a mistake by winning this game? No. No, the Jets did not make a mistake winning the game yesterday. The last time that the New York Jets won a football game was week 17 in Buffalo of last year. But I'm just happy that, you know, I was tired. I was tired of the losing streak, man. You know, just tired of lose, loss, 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 loss. I was like, come on, man. Something has to give. After what I saw, the Jets beat the L.A. Rams 23-20 to 20 yesterday, I was happy. But for those that are concerned, saying, oh, my God, we won't, we won't get um, Trevor Lawrence no more. Bro, I, I'm fine with it. That's okay. I mean, there's other quarterbacks um, that's going to be in the draft as well, as in a Mac Jones out of Alabama or as in a Justin Fields out of Ohio State. I mean, no matter what, I don't feel like it's the end of the world just because we won't be taking for um, Trevor Lawrence no more. I'm just pretty happy that we finally won a game yesterday. And, hey, look at other options in the draft coming up, ladies and gentlemen. That, um, Cam, those options that you just named are good options. Don't get me wrong. Justin Fields is a good prospect. Zach Wilson is a good prospect. They're all good prospects, but it, they're not Trevor Lawrence, you know. And one thing I would say um, in this topic here is that, you know, pride, sometimes pride could be what met, mess you up in life, you know, having too much pride. And I think that the Jets winning that game had a lot of pride, you know, and that pride is going to cost them the best prospect in this daggone decade, which is Trevor Lawrence. Now, when Trevor Lawrence go to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Jets decide whether or not to keep Donald or move on to another quarterback, they're going to look at Trevor Lawrence and they're going to be like, damn, if only we lost this game. Now, granted, I know you play to win the game, right? And that, that's fair. That's a fair statement. That's a fair argument for anybody that want to bring that up. But we at a point right now where it's three games left. Winning this game don't really do you too much. What are you getting out of winning one game? Oh, just to say we didn't go 0-16? Well, the Jaguars get to say we got the best quarterback prospect in the draft. Sometimes, brother, you got to take a blow to give a blow. And I think the Jets made a mistake by winning this game. I really do. See, now I'm kind of – I'm double-sided on this. I'll be straight up. Now, this the reason why is I think it depends on who's answering the question. If you look at the fan perspective, you could say, yes, they totally did – there's no question out there. They're missing, missing out on generational talent. You know, obviously Justin Fields is not a Trevor Lawrence. Nobody in this draft is a Trevor Lawrence being compared to John Elway, this and that. But if you look at it from a player perspective and a coaching perspective in the sense that, A, Gase is gone after the season. Everybody knows it. You don't even have to follow football to know that. 
So he doesn't care if the team wins or loses at this point. And B, pretty much every player on this team, with the exception of a few, is playing to further bolster their tape because at the end of the season, with the way the team has been and the way they've played as a whole, they very well could be released, replaced, and looking for a new team to play for. A quote that puts my take here into complete perspective and sums it up perfectly is Miles Jack on the Jaguars. He said, we're fighting for our jobs. We're fighting for our livelihoods. The NFL doesn't pay losers. It pays winners. So at the end of the day, these players are playing for the paycheck. Look at the Jaguars. Of course they'd want Trevor Lawrence. But look at the way they've played this season. There's many instances where it doesn't look like they're tanking for Trevor, a.k.a. beating the Colts in the home opener, narrowly losing to the Titans, the Packers, the Browns, the Vikings. Put up a fight in all those games and damn near almost won those games. So from a player perspective, you know, I don't think they're going to this game to lose. They're playing a win. Sam Darnold, he knows he's most likely done. So he's trying to play to his best ability to get traded somewhere else and have a job. I'll say this. I think one thing when you look at this whole situation is when we do this show, we all know how passionate fans we are. And it's just an unprecedented situation for me, to be honest. You know, I put so much time and so much, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into the Jets, into football. I know you guys do the same with your respective teams. And it just feels wrong rooting against your team. Like, I'm not going to lie. It sucks. Like, it, like, straight up. Like, I agree. Trevor Lawrence is a once-in-a-generation type prospect. He is the best quarterback prospect I've ever seen. But as Cam said, I didn't want this team to go 0-16. That's embarrassing. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want a team full of losers. And we know Adam Gaze is a horrible coach. As Kenny C said, he's going to be gone. And I agree with Kenny C a thousand percent. If you're the third string corner on an 0-16 team, is, are you going to have a job next year? Because it's going to be very hard for you to have a job next year if that's the case. And these guys are literally earning a living. Half of the Jet team won't be here if Trevor Lawrence does come. Same thing with the coaching staff. And Kenny C. Donald is definitely gone. I mean, I'll say this. I, if the Jets uh, could bring in a coach that they believe in, could get the job done, look at so many other teams around the league. Ryan Tannehill was in a bad offense in Miami, goes to Tennessee, turns it around. We've seen so many other quarterbacks in that same situation. And Sam Darnold, look at Baker Mayfield. The last three years, he's been in three different offensive systems. And, of course, Kevin Stefanski gets there, finally has some stability. He's balling out. I don't think Sam Darnold is that far off from that if you put some weapons around him, if you give him some proper coaching. So is Trevor Lawrence going to be great? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, I'm not going to go and be mad at my team for winning a game. You see, Zach and Cam – you know, I'm not in your position. You feel me? Because I'm not a Jets fan by any means. You see Tom Brady here on my wall. Matter of fact, we move to this way. You see Tom Brady here on my wall. We own y'all. I'm, I'm lucky. I'm blessed with championships, right? I'm spoiled. I'm a spoiled brat. All right? Tom Brady gave me six daggone rings. And maybe, maybe gave me one more before he retired, okay? But I'm, I'm looking at this from an outsider's perspective. So maybe, yeah, you want your team to win. But me, I'm looking at it differently because I'm not a Jets fan. And I'm saying to myself, what makes sense for the Jets long-term? You get a generational talent that can instantly. Now, don't get me wrong. You still got to play your part. Play your part, my brother. Play your part. You still got to, you know, use those assets that you got out of the Jamal Adams trade and make it happen. 
But once you have generational talent like Trevor Lawrence, you have to capitalize on it. You think the Bears are not tied of hearing the fact that they passed on Pat Mahomes for Mr. Trubisky or even Deshaun Watson, who they should have took ahead of Mr. Trubisky, that's going to follow them for the rest of their franchise unless they win a daggone Super Bowl. With the Jets, if they keep Donald, who I'm not a fan of, if they go with Justin Fields or Zach Wilson and it's not their guy and, he, and Trevor Lawrence is out there balling and being that superstar that we think he's going to be, that's going to stay with the Jets over some short-term pride. Well, well, let me ask you this. If your team was in this situation, and I know you said, oh, it's kind of hard for me from an outsider's perspective to look at this, but if you were in this situation, how would you as a fan want to handle it? Because, oh, oh, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. Let me ask Kenny C because, you know, Will, you, you're more about, you refer a player, not a team. Kenny C, if you were in this situation, how would you view this? Um, he just honestly, threw the ultimate shot at me, but it's all good. Oh, I, I didn't mean to like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'd say I'm on board with you guys. Like, like Leal, I've been blessed with the fact that the Packers have been able to make the playoffs pretty much every year that I've been a fan, say, give her one or two. So if I was put in that position where I'm a team this bad, I want to see a damn win. I want to see a damn win out of this team. At the end of the day, if you're rooting for your team to lose, like Makai Becton sent shots out, you're not a true fan if you're rooting for your team to lose. And like I said, you know, before, in terms of the, the whole overview of the team, everybody outside of Douglas and the upper management doesn't give a damn what this team does with the draft because they know they're going to be gone. But now that segues into what should the Jets do, given hold, the hold fact... Hold up real quickly. Yes, hold yes. Quickly. Well, I'm going to answer that question for you, Kennedy. Hold up real quickly. All right, I just one second, say this. Cam. I just want to say this. It's not a rebuttal. I'm just mentioning this statement. <laughs> Happy Merry Christmas to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You just <laughs> got you the biggest draft prospect ever. Like, almost ever. Like, in the last decade, at least. And the mayor Man. feels that way, too. Because the mayor <laughs> made a quote, too. The New York freaking Jets delivered an early Christmas present <laughs> to Jacksonville today. Seriously, the Jets could be a defining moment for our ball club. See you at the draft, baby. See you at the draft. That's the mayor right. of Jacksonville. And given that, right now, Jacksonville has a 74% chance to land that pick. That being said, it's going to be tough. The Jets need to lose out. They need to have the Jags win one. If the Jets do, in fact, stay where they are, they get the number two pick, what should they do with this? With the number two pick, like I said, there's other options. You have a Mac Jones out of Alabama. You have Justin Fields. You get what I mean? Zach I'm not Wilson. totally sold on the BYU quarterback in Wilson. I'm not sold on him. What about Kyle team. Trask? Huh? Not sold on him. Oh, you're talking about the quarterback out of Florida? Uh, he's okay. Put up he's a okay. fight. Okay. Yeah, he did, yeah, he did put up a fight against Alabama. I give him that. But I prefer like a Matt Jones solely because, you know, he comes from a Nick Saban system. You get what I mean? I feel like right now Alabama is on the verge of becoming quarterback U because, you know, as you can see, they produce two uh, Hurts. Now, I say they, if, you know, Jones, you know, do fall early in the draft, I feel like you should be part of this conversation. And in my opinion, too, I, I just think that at this point right now, the Jets need a, a new offensive-minded coach and like an Eric Bieniemy. I felt like if we get a coach like him, he could come, change the offense around, change the whole system around, and draft a quarterback in a Matt Jones. I'm solely feeling Matt Jones a lot. And another thing, too, just draft a tight end, draft a reliable tight end, because for the past couple 
couple seasons, the Jets hasn't had a good tight end that could, you know, be effective both on the run and um, both um, on the pass as well. So that's just my take on it, gentlemen. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you brought up, Cam. My answer would be, I just think that as NFL fans and the way the media is, I know Will and I talk about it every week to have the media overblows things, but I really do believe that some quarterbacks are just fit to play in certain systems. And sometimes just like a change of scenery could be the best thing. And I feel like a lot of times teams are too quick to give up on their quarterbacks. And it's one thing if you're getting Trevor Lawrence, as Will said, this guy is one of the best quarterback prospects we've ever seen. He's going to be a special, special player. I'm confident of that. But at the same time, I don't think that Sam Darnold giving up on him, who has only been through a couple head coaches, and let's face it, me and, you know, Peyton Manning wouldn't succeed with, you know, uh, Todd Bowles and Adam Gaze with the way this Jets team has been run over the last couple of years. So when you look at it, um, I think that the Jets, if they don't think and they are not 100% sure that Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or Mac Jones, whoever they think their next quarterback is, if they are not 100% sure that he is the guy, I would consider bringing back Sam Darnold. There's still plenty of holes on this team. If you could get another first-round pick for that number two pick, and we could go into this draft with three first, uh, excuse me, two first, three second, that would be pretty, pretty ridiculous. So, look, the Jets have so many holes. I think if they're not in love with Justin Fields, then they should keep Sam Darnold. Um, that's, that's not a, that's not a bad assessment by any means, Zach, you know, and you look at Darnold. I mean, we've heard this phrase time and time again, Darnold is damaged goods and that's all due in part because of Gase and the lack of just any, any unity or weapons around him. And, you know, the simple fact that Gase even, even came out in, um, what should we call I'm tying up my words here. Gase even came out and admitted that he takes responsibility for not, not developing Sam Darnold. So that could be a viable option because you got a lot of draft stock. You got two first rounders, a second and two thirds. That could be an option. But at the same time, maybe if you're Joe Douglas, since you didn't draft Sam Darnold, he, you want to start on a clean slate and pick your quarterback with the number two overall pick with the options that are there and work from there. Honestly, my take I could see them going either way and it wouldn't be bad in my eyes because Darnold, we all know he has the potential. We all know that. He had the hurt shoulder week four. He's got 37 picks on his career. But you look at what he's had to deal with and it's just a dumpster fire. So you could very well give Darnold another shot. Um, Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. And this is coming from a guy that I'm not saying I'm perfect when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks. But if there's any trait that I've shown with my resume from what I said who was going to be successful in the NFL, you can kind of trust my, my resume a little bit. I said Josh Allen will be a great quarterback once he tightened up a few things. Look at how he's doing right now. I said Lamar Jackson way before he was even a myth, like way before that even I became will give you credit a conversation. For that. You, you said remember that, that right? WSUC Airways. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that's the fact check right there. So with Sam Donald, one thing about Sam Donald that I that really scared me away from saying I right, he was going to be great was his turnover issue. Mm-hmm. When um first of all, right now he has a passer rating of sixty five percent, which is thirty first in the NFL. Now, granted, are we going to forget that? I know this guy's a little bit more experienced, but Joe Flacco came out a couple games and got the offense moving. Sam Donald, there's a couple plays, there's a couple 
times in the plays where I'm like, all right, I see something. But there's times where he'll throw the ball in double coverage and he'll do something that I'm like, a first grader should know how to do that. You know, shouldn't do that. You know, so right. there's a lot of things like that. When he was in USC, he had 36 turnovers in 27 games. So look, granted, he came into a dumpster fire. But I just think that kind of like almost ruined him in a way. I don't want to say ruin somebody because that's kind of harsh. But I think because he wasn't developed yet and he should have got to a team where they could have developed him off rip. Now that he went to the Jets, with all this going on about his job and this and that, that's going to be added pressure next year for him if he stays to try to win. And he may force something because it's like, we kept you when we could have moved on from you. So you know how much pressure that's going to be in the New York market? I don't know if he's ready for that. I think, you know, he kind of got a raw deal in a way by being on the Jets because they couldn't develop him. So well, I'm not taking my chances this. on him. Let me ask you this. When you compare Sam Darnold to, you know, some of the other quarterbacks around this league, I think Ryan Tannehill, once again, is the perfect example. Both of these guys are former top 10 picks that, let's face it, the systems that they were drafted into, the situations that they were drafted into, it was not ideal. I think we could all agree. And you see that with the proper coaching and with the proper personnel around Ryan Tannehill, he is flourishing in that Titan system. Well, it helps when you got Derrick Henry that no, I get it, but that I get truck, it. you know? Yeah, and it's yeah, like no, play, it's it, a but, lot of play action. It's but, but, easy okay, throws right, for Tannehill right, to make. I'm, I'm asking you. Ryan Tannehill, we could all agree, is a significantly better quarterback now than he was on Miami. We're all on the same page there, right? Yeah, I mean, Miami was a dumpster fire too. So, right, I mean, exactly. I, know, I know what you're saying about the Jets, but I, I just don't think – I think the Jets at this position, when you had the number two pick, I think when you have a lot of talented quarterbacks but with what that pick, I think you should use it. What if when you're Joe Douglas well, – you're If you don't love them, then you will have to stay with Sam Donald, I would assume, but – Let's see. I think I think both guys are good. What is there not to love? I mean, other than the fact that Justin Fields lately have been struggling, I'll give you that. And, he, you know, his pocket presence, I think he needs to get rid of the ball instead of holding it a little bit too much. That's one thing I would say about him. But he still has a strong arm. He's very, very accurate. Right. Zach Wilson completed 70% of his passes, 30 touchdowns, only three interceptions. What's there not to like about these two guys? I find well, that right, I get it. I just think when you're looking at the quarterback though? situation right now, when you're looking at all the quarterbacks around the league, we know that not only do you need a quarterback to win, but when you take – Kenny C learned this lesson hard this past draft. When you take a quarterback in the first round, that is a pick that you are investing a lot in. And the more I look at it, if you're the Jets and you look at these quarterbacks, Justin Fields, whoever, you could say, well, give me all the stats you want, you know, completion percentage, all this, all that. If the Jets and their personnel group look at all the quarterbacks out there and they just come to the conclusion, like, we don't necessarily think that there's a quarterback in this draft that we think could be the future of our squad. The Jets have so many holes that I think they could either trade the pick. I think they could either take the uh, the kid Sewell out of Oregon. I think that there's so get many a weapon here. I got a rebuttal because with every success story, there's a fail story. You brought up Ryan Tannehill. I bring up Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers had an opportunity to move on from him this offseason. They kept him. He's in a great system. He ain't flourished. So with every success story, whatever, wherever there is a Tannehill, there's a Jimmy Yeah, but but even when he was hurt in that Super Bowl, brother, don't act like you ain't see it. The brother missed wide open throws that he could have made. Nobody really had that much stock in him being a, a, a game changer. He's more of a game manager. He doesn't screw up. When he was in New England, he was in New England. People was like, "I didn't hear that." He flourished. When he was in New England, he flourished well. When he got to San Fran, it's undoubted. 
it's undoubted that you know it definitely. Sometimes you just it. need a change of scenery. Sometimes the if this is a relationship that's saying, rocky, sometimes it's good to just go your separate ways. Like if you're in a rocky but relationship, that, go ahead, bye, girl. You know, I let me do my thing, thing over here, and you do your thing. And sometimes it works out that way. Each of your perception of scenery is different. Because Zach's saying, get a different scene for Darnold, and you're saying, get a different scene <laughs> with your quarterback. I just think so, it's too soon to give up on the guy. It's a mess. We can all agree. And one thing we can <laughs> agree on on this show with this topic, it it's a mess. And with that being said, we'll move on to the next topic. Kansas City Chiefs took down the New Orleans Saints 32-29. to Reactions and takeaways to that. My initial reaction upon seeing this game was that, like, like Leo called my take lazy last week, but I'm going to stand true to it. Who the hell is going to stop the Kansas City Chiefs offense? You look at what the Saints defense did all game. They had 13 pressures, three sacks in the first half. They made all the right plays on defense in getting to Mahomes, and yet this man found a way to get out of it and make plays. Anybody else in the league outside of maybe Aaron Rodgers would not have been able to make that throw to McCole Hartman on the left side of the end zone by Patty Mahomes. This Chiefs offense, to me, is just too hard to come by and too hard to, to overcome. And you look at the Chiefs defense, 26th-ranked rush defense, and they kept Kamara in check all game, Breeze's favorite guy. He had one touchdown. Outside of that, they kept him in check. You That's my about, initial reaction. So, can't you see, Kenny, see, you got to look at two sides of things, right? I see – I notice sometimes when you're on the show, and granted, we could be guilty of it sometimes. We look at one side of the spectrum, you know, to fit our argument. What about the offense? Joe Breeze looked like he was a daggone rookie. One for 11 on third down. Completed less than 45% of his passes. The first time that happened since 06. He's you know what right. that tells me? You know what that tells me? He shouldn't have been out there. He shouldn't have been out there. The brother's not yeah. even fully healthy. The brother no, can't breathe. And he's throwing passes. All right? And they limited, you know, they limited Kelsey and Hill the 121 yards. Don't get me wrong. You know, they still overcame that. But didn't they um, drop points? When that literally fumble, that, that fumble was in the end zone, when my brother could have just fell on the, um, oh, fell on the ball. Do the math. Do the math, y'all. That would have been a tie game right there. You know, that's points being put up the board. Obviously, you don't know how a game is going to play out with one situation. But those are points that was left on the board. Like I keep saying with the Kansas City Chiefs, a lot of people thinking it's cute because they win in cute games. They win in games at the end. When you play with fire, you will get burned. Like I said on the, the last thing, show. Though. One, they more, find I'm ways done. to I'm win in different ways, which is what makes them dangerous. What? Listen, there's going to be a team that's going to punch you in your mouth and make sure they are um, not penalized. You know, you got to play a, a penalty-free game when you're going up against the Chiefs. And it's more than capable of being done. It's not impossible. The Titans can run the ball with Derrick Henry all game, keep Mahomes on the bench. Like I said last week, and I'm going to end with this, you're not going to stop Patrick Mahomes with defense. Like I said, it's one play. In the end zone, Tyreek Hill, it's not going to happen. It's going to have to be a team like the Bills and the Titans that's going to score, go score for score with the Chiefs, and whoever had the ball last can win the game. I see a lot of holes on the Kansas City Chiefs, so I'm not impressed. That's my thoughts. I mean, I must say, man, this Kansas City offense, man, is just too dynamic, even though that the Saints did a great job shutting down Hill and Kelsey. I just felt like, man, no matter what, like, you know, the other options in Sammy Watkins and uh, Nicole Hardman, especially on those crossing routes, man, 
you know, how I say, ideally, almost every team game plan is to double team or trying to slow down either um, either Hill or Kelsey. But mind you now, don't forget, Sammy Watkins is still, you know, is still playing at a high caliber now, even though that he's been injury prone this season and, you know, the past couple of years as well. He's still playing at a high caliber. Nicole Hartman, uh, you know, emerging young star, you know, he's going to be good in, you know, in, in the next couple of years to come. So I just feel like no matter what, no, no matter what, if you're trying to stop Hill or, or Kelsey, this chief offense is going to be unstoppable. So, like I said, Lil. And what about the no- Bills offense? What about the Bills offense? So, oh. we're not taking account the other offenses that are unstoppable. But can you stop somebody? But go ahead, Zach. The floor is yours. <laughs> yeah, I got to be honest. You know, I never thought I'd see the day. But I'm with Lil 100%, man. I was not impressed by the Saints at all yesterday. Um, halfway through the second quarter, Drew Brees had more picks than yards. Like, that wasn't very encouraging. And mm. the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in the league. I get it. If they play their A-plus game, they're very hard to beat. I don't think anyone could beat them. I get it. But at the same time, when I look around the AFC, the quality of this conference is much better than anyone could have expected. You look at – Will mentioned the, the Titans. He mentioned the Bills. I think both those teams – I think Buffalo would have a little bit better of an opportunity. Tennessee's defense cannot stop me or you, so yeah. <laughs> I would not consider them at all. But a team like Indianapolis, a team like – Cleveland, if their defense could improve a little bit, with the running games that both of those two teams have. I still believe in Pittsburgh in their defense. Miami, we saw them and their defense frustrate Kansas City. Baltimore, their defense is very uh, boomer bust, but on their A-day, maybe they could give the Chiefs a little bit of a run. And yeah, once again, I'm not denying it. I see what you guys are saying. The Chiefs' offense is stupid good, and they score 30 in their sleep. But once again... <laughs> I think the last five or six weeks, they've just been playing with fire. And the fact is, they're playing the Dolphins. They're significantly better than the Dolphins. That game should have been a win going away yesterday. Did you guys ever feel like the Saints were going to win the game? Did you ever feel like the Saints were the better team? No, because they they weren't good yesterday. Here's another point to add, though. You look at not only how explosive the Chiefs' offense is, but their time of possession – Holy! You look at that the 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 time there. Yeah, that's because Drew Brees didn't complete a pass yesterday. Forty-one yeah. minutes. Of, of one for eleven. One yeah, for eleven on third down. I don't know what you're expecting. You off the court? Look at the team. You off the court? Incredibly insane though. And they never, had at the end, which the chief, which the Saints couldn't do anything to stop. So that's just that's just my overall thing. Like, they're mixing the emotions with their the ability to kill the clock is Can undoubtedly he's... incredible. Can you see? Okay, I know you I had a good game well, well, we'll the match. Look at who they've played, though. Denver at home, Miami, and yes, and uh, yesterday when the Saints offense couldn't do anything. I think when you – last week, we discussed this on Thursday, right? Who is the biggest threat to the Chiefs? I'm sticking with my pick of the Indianapolis Colts because their defense could get in Mahomes' face, which could screw up any quarterback. They have a running game. And the Saints were doing that. No, but the Saints the okay. But they couldn't score. They was one for eleven on third down. How, how, how? You already talked about how explosive this offense is. If you're not putting up points and you're getting stopped on third down, that's of course the Chiefs is going to score. Who the hell is going to be able to do that? You can see they wasn't scoring. You got to go score to score, and you got to be able to stop somebody too. Look, look at this. Be able to go punch for punch with Mahomes. Think about the wins that the the Kansas City Chiefs had the last couple of weeks. The Raiders, obviously, when you look at it now, that was an impressive victory. It was a bad victory because the Raiders are trash right now. The Broncos, at the time, we thought the Broncos, you know, that was a solid, you know, solid. divisional game. That's a divisional game. But they got smacked around by the Bills. You know, the Saints was, was, you know, Drew Brees, he shouldn't have been in the game. Last week against uh, uh, the Dolphins team with nobody. 
with nobody on your team and you almost blew that game. So, like I said, they're playing with fire, brother. And when you do that, you will get burned. And but I that's think the, the thing. Chiefs they're the finding ways to win. At the end of the day, a W's a W. You put know, a W but guess in the what? book, Other teams is going to be finding ways to win, too. Let's not think that the, the Chiefs is in the gym by themselves. There's and other teams that's going to game plan and scheme and try to stop them. Don't get me wrong. I want to see the Chiefs get taken down as much as you guys. I'm no, just no, no. saying they, they will. They will at some point. Like I said, it, the it, NFL is a master's league. Can you see, to answer your question before about the Colts, can they go blow for blow with the Chiefs? No, but I think their defense has the ability to frustrate Patrick Mahomes and force a couple turnovers. I think their running game has the ability uh, to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. The it's, bench, and yeah. they're a well-coached team. They're a team like It's a team like that. Buffalo. I'll admit, guys, you know, I love doing the show with you. I'll admit when I was wrong, Josh Allen is a is a stud. I'll say it. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Zach on board. Quarterback guru. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this, man. Like, just going back to Josh Allen, like, you, you know, we've had these, these discussions on the show, but, like, I think Sean McDermott and the job he's done with Josh Allen has really shown me that coaching in this league could fix – you know, a lot of different players in a lot of situations. Like, if Josh Allen got drafted by the Jets, he would be out of the league right now. I'm, I'm confident in that statement. But you see what the development has done for Sean McDermott and the improvement. Brian Dabble, too. To make yeah, yeah. Why, why don't we give credit to the OC now? That, like, that OC Josh Allen yeah, yeah, yeah. years. Like, come on now. Yeah. Like, you're not only but the I, head coach. Yeah, definitely. And a defensive-minded head coach. Yeah. Shoot. I mean, you, there's a lot of parties that you have to you have to think here, and I think that yeah. sometimes when you have a great quarterback, the coach kind of get thrown under the rug a little bit because it's the quarterback, and when you have a good head coach, the quarterback don't get as much credit. So it is what it is. But, and um, fellas, I really do hope one of you prove me wrong because I don't want to see the Chiefs win another bowl. They just they need to be stopped. But our next topic strays away from the NFL because we haven't we haven't given college football enough love. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give our one biggest takeaway from the final college football playoff rankings. I wouldn't even call them – I wouldn't even call it a college football playoff. Politics. I'm going to just, I'm gonna just keep it a buck with you, Cam. I know you had a lot to Let's say. Let's just all be I have a lot to say. The, the committee was on some bullshit. I'm going to keep it a buck. They was on some bullshit. I don't know if they took a dive in alcohol before they got into the meeting, but there was a lot of shady stuff in that room. Number one, I'm going to stick with one side here because I know y'all got stuff y'all want to say. But my biggest takeaway was the fact that Cincinnati got done dirty. Yep. They got disrespected. They was undefeated at 9-0. Not only did Oklahoma, who was 8-2, leapfrog them to the number six spot, the Gators stayed put after a loss. Now, I know, I know, the Gators went toe-to-toe, put up 46 on Alabama. But at the end of the day, you lost. You're supposed to drop at, at, at least one slot or two slots. They stayed put. The disrespect. Now, if I'm the group of five, there's no hope. There's no hope. There's no hope. You could call the Pope. There's no hope. They <laughs> need to make their own group, um, their own playoff. They need to break away if they can, figure it out, make their own playoff. Because if they can't get in this year, they're never getting in. Ohio State played six games. Cincinnati played nine. Yep. Politics. This is just me. This is just me. I felt, how the hell did Notre Dame made it as the fourth seed in the playoff? Fucking Notre Dame going to go against a number one Alabama team? That's, you know, I say, if if my memory serves me correctly, I remember Alabama blew out Notre Dame in a national championship. 
and to have them back to you know in the playoff against Alabama, oh my God, that just that's just the obvious. Like I just feel like right now the committee just want to see the obvious, want to see uh, Alabama versus the Clemson, and you know I'm not down for that. Like just like <laughs> you know, I wanted to see a Cincinnati or me me personally, I want to see Texas A and M because I love what Jimbo did this season. I love what Jimbo did this season. Despite losing to Alabama, that's cool. You know, hey, man, you know, Nick Saban is Nick Saban. But I love the job that he's done, you know, the last seven games. And, you know, they deserve – they would give a better shot with Alabama than on freaking um, Notre Dame. Listen, man, you know, as much as I hate to hear my boys, the Fighting Irish, get ragged on, I'm in total agreement, man. The, the fact that this committee decided a number of years ago that, all right, if a ranked team gets blown out, they should be moved back considerably in the rankings. If it's close, then all right, maybe they'll drop one spot or stay depending on the outcome of the game, if it's like a field goal game. But Notre Dame got blown the F out, 300-plus yards more of offense Clemson had. They averaged like 8.2 yards um, per pass, and we didn't score a damn touchdown until the, the fourth quarter. And so you put them against Alabama. Not I, even a Clemson rematch against Notre Alabama. Dame, yeah, exactly. The, the only two – and this is another problem that I have, fellas, with college football, which has kind of strayed my viewership of it in, in years past, the scheduling. They put these teams up against one or two competitive teams, and then they, they put them up against all scrubs, and it's blowouts, and that's how they formulate this. Notre Dame played two credible teams, Clemson without Lawrence and North Carolina. Outside of those two games – we, we, we shouldn't even – we shouldn't be in the playoff. We got blown out in the ACC chip. I'm in agreement, Lil. Put the Cincinnati Bearcats in there. They're playing exactly. in – they're playing the American Athletic, American Athletic Conference, which is generally considered to be the strongest non-Power 5 league and mm-hmm. fifth or sixth best league mm-hmm. in the country. And you're not mm-hmm. going to give them a shot. I can read that mind, they, y'all. They didn't pick them. They didn't pick them, right? But they didn't even consider them. You put them at eight in the rankings – that's absurd. Absolutely absurd. This group, the, the group of five teams, has no representation in the college football invitational. This is not a playoff. This is a damn invitational. The committee invites the teams that it wants to see. Let's be real. All right, yeah. So I'll start off by saying this. I'm totally in agreement when you guys say the Cincinnati's of the world don't have a shot because they went 9-0 and and they didn't get in. And if any year was they were going to take a group of five team, this would be the year. So if I'm the Cincinnati's of the world, if I'm those kind of teams, absolutely. I'm, I'm making my own league. But when you look at the committee and their selection, call me crazy. And I know Kenny sees a Notre Dame guy, and he just said the Irish should not be in. I'll tell you what. I think the Irish did deserve to be in. And I think Texas A&M deserved to be in. Ohio State should not have made the playoffs. It should have been bounced. Six yeah, games? Part of the wear and tear of football which is so which part of uh, part of what makes the game of football so hard is the wear and tear that you go through each and every week no matter who you're playing no matter if it's a blowout or not people get banged up and teams lose games that they're not supposed to win that they're not supposed to lose look at Florida against LSU they were a 24 point favorite and take an L you also <laughs> add in the fact that this is Ohio State we're talking about Cam said it himself. Oh, Notre Dame, they got blown out by Alabama in the national championship a couple of years ago. If you're going to use that argument, I'll bring up this argument. Ohio State has lost to Purdue. Team 18, they've been blown out. Ohio State has lost to Iowa. 
Yeah. So I don't understand why they're getting this special treatment, especially when you watch them. Do they look like one of the best four teams in the country? No. Texas they A&M won't. has played 10 games, and their one loss was to Bama. Also, their best win, Florida, is better than um, than better than uh, Ohio State's best win, Indiana. I think Notre Dame deserved to get in. They beat Clemson. They beat North Carolina. Those are two great wins. I don't care that Trevor Clemson Lawrence without Trevor. The kid oh, yes, true. Okay. Not, Zach, but, uh, you know, all right, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Notre Dame should have been in there. See, but I think but we should have. You, I think we should Ohio have State should have been out. Yes, Ohio we, State should have been out, and um, Ohio State should have been out, and Cincy should have been in. No, and I think Cincy should have been, been in. Because I think he, Cincy deserve deserved that. They did, but we all and knew the committee was never going to put them in anyway. It was never realistic. This shouldn't be a surprise. Which, which is why I hate it, man. Like, yeah, which is why because they lied. They doing it in plain sight because we all were saying in the media we know they're not going to put them in. So I was like, all right, maybe they might try to prove us wrong. You know, do something ethical for once, and they didn't do it. So I was like, they really yeah. serious. Need to expand the playoffs, the the playoff race, man. Like, yeah, that's I don't less like than a minute, y'all. That to you got me less is... than a minute. Yeah. Little absurd, fellas. Even Coastal Carolina, they went eleven and zero, and they beat BYU, a ten and one team, in probably one of the most fun games of the damn season. So clearly, the committee is flawed. If At the, end is flawed. Of the, day, the committee is flawed, it would be the best move for them to make their own leagues. Can you imagine yeah, how so much hype Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati would get? That would yeah. be a game that people would watch. Exactly. TV networks would pick it up. Yes, yep. sir. And that wraps up another episode. We left on a passionate note. Of In the yes, Huddle sir. Sports Radio. Enjoy y'all Christmas, everybody. Your, your fellas over here, enjoy y'all Christmas. Spend you time well. with y'all family and the fans as well. Happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays, everybody. Yep. Yeah.